How's it going, my fellow history scholars? Welcome back to the podcast where we talk about the unanswered questions of history and unravel the mystery of the many questions we ask about our past. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is part two of our pandemics episode, uh, which has a lot to do with uh, some of the stuff we're going through today and then gives some background on some interesting pandemics and plagues that have been happening throughout history. All right, before we begin, I'd like to remind you guys again that the... uh, Sorry, cut you off. Ian, say hi. Ian's here, too. Again, virtually. Yeah, Yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, Sorry about the audio quality, but uh, hopefully our content will make up for it. Yep, he's uh he's off the phone again. So hopefully you guys can still hear him all right. You almost got bullied there. I almost uh I almost forgot to introduce you. I wanna you off. Before we begin, I'd like to remind you guys that the Facebook page is out. Don't forget to check that for information on the episodes, as well as to ask questions and stay up to date on information concerning the podcast. Don't forget as well to support us by uh, donating on our anchor website the awesome podcast server that we use to make all of these episodes possible. We really couldn't have done it without Anchor. It's been a wonderful source. All right. Uh, and then in the end, uh, I think we have some more shout outs we can probably do to you guys. Uh, and then uh, those of you who have already liked the Facebook page, uh, we thank you uh, as it continues to grow. Uh, we're up to 40 people now, almost halfway to 100. Remember, if we get to 100, uh, I'll do something crazy. All right, and then, like I was saying, this is part two. Wait, were you going to say something? Sorry. I say, I said we might do something different than a podcast. Yeah. Got to figure that out. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about the major pandemics through history, and uh, this will be part two of our series on those pandemics. And then uh, Ian will do most of the talking today, actually, and I'll, I'll just comment along the way, because uh, he was helping with some of the research process. And then, uh, all right, I think that's about it. You guys know what we're getting into. Hopefully you saw the last episode, so you'll know what this one's about. And then uh, after this, uh, I think we're going to start working on an episode on the Confederate Union, which should be pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited for that one. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the third plague, the Spanish flu and coronavirus. All right, yep. Here we go, guys. I hope you enjoy. Start talking. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, we're going to be talking about the third plague. Now, the th- name of the third plague comes from the fact that there have been three great world pandemics of the of this plague recorded. Uh, Justinian's Plague, the Black Plague, and the Third Plague yep. in 1894. Um, each time, they caused devastating mortality of people and animals across nations and continents. On more than one occasion, the plague irrevocably changed the social and economic fabric of society. Um, the Third Plague was one of these. Yep. So, uh, essentially, uh, there were three major plagues, like he was mentioning, uh, that have spread through history. Uh, mainly, these were spread by... Uh, by rats and fleas, actually. Uh, we talked about that during the Black Plague as well as uh, Justinian's Plague. And uh, the third plague is the third plague of this family of plagues. And uh, it happened in the late 1800s. So I'm getting into it. It's pretty interesting, actually. I, I've uh, never heard of this one until we until we did some research. Yeah, like you were saying, um, the third plague pandemic was a major bubonic plague, just like the Justinian and um, the... 
the just the days and the Black Plague, yeah. of course. Um, that began in Yunnan, China, in 1855 during the fifth year of the is that Zhang Fen Emperor of the Qin Dynasty. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Very, I don't do my Chinese pronunciations right, but yeah, I think that's right. Zhang Feng. Zhang Feng Emperor of the Qing Dynasty. Qing Dynasty, yeah. Qin Dynasty. Uh, this, yeah. Uh, this episode of bubonic plague spread to all inhabited continents and ultimately led to more than 12 million deaths in India, China, and with 10 million killed in India alone. Jesus Christ. I know. It's insane. Oh, jeez. That's terrible. T 10 million in freaking India alone. And that means that it was um, it, there was 2 million in uh, China then. Because it said uh, 12 million deaths in China and India, and 10 of those alone were in India. Jesus. India just got destroyed during this. Yeah, I, I don't know what the over uh, the total population of India was, but I'm I'm positive that 10 million was no small number. Oh yeah, and even like the population of the world at this time couldn't have been that huge because uh, it's still the late 1800s. So, uh, population's yeah, like, grown over time, but that's still a whole lot of people. I'm guessing compared to the whole global population. Jeez. Yeah, I'm sure. Like at this time, there's only like 1.5 billion people in the world, so 10 million's like. Like one percent of the entire population, and then uh, and that's just in this one continent. Yeah, that's crazy, and uh, it wasn't even just in these continents; it's that uh, in all inhabited continents in the world. So uh, that's very similar to coronavirus too. It spread to all of the continents. Like uh, we were talking about the black plague and Justinian's plague. Well, that was mainly in a uh, in a uh, Afro Afro Eurasia or the African Asian European continents, but this one was on all of the continents. So. It's pretty interesting. I'm wondering if this was one of the first actual worldwide pandemics besides, uh, I think smallpox was in a sense, but I think this one was more definitely. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, the, the name pandemic suggests that it's become a global issue, but I don't know if that means it's hit every continent, like you're saying. Um, That's but yeah, um, patterns suggest that the pandemic may have come from two different sources. Um, the first was primarily bubonic carried around the world through ocean-going trade, transporting infected persons, rats, and car cargoes harboring fleas. Yeah, that's the uh, rats and fleas again. Yeah. Um, the second strain was primarily pneumonic uh, in character with a strong contagion. This strain was largely confined to Asia, in particular Manchuria and Mongolia. So um, the pneumonic... Uh, uh, suggesting that it was spread via yeah, I was going to say it spread could spread in the air, right? Yeah, airborne and uh, affected the 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 respiratory system. Jeez, and uh, that that theme again, where you're talking about the rats and fleas trade. Uh, even today, I think with the coronavirus, uh, trade has played a huge part in spreading these pandemics through history. Trade's been a, yeah. a really good way that these uh these terrible plagues and pandemics could uh, spread across the world. So that's a very important underlying theme among all of these pandemics and plagues, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you don't catch on to it enough and you don't isolate and uh, limit trade, you're just going to spread it around before you can even catch it. Yeah, like we were also saying, uh, modern science has gotten wiser. So uh, today with the fact of uh, us all being uh, socially distant, uh, that's why they're doing this. Because they've learned over history that uh, that trade and people moving around and going places only makes these pandemics worse. And so uh, I think it's been really smart that our mind, our modern science and uh, doctors and technology have uh, actually done something to uh, sp stop spreading that plague with uh, the social distancing programs. Yeah. 
I agree entirely. Um, going on, the, the third plague started in the Yunnan province in China after an influx of Han Chinese in the late 1800s. Um, by 1815, the population exploded over 7 million people and increasing transportation brought people in contact with the disease. The plague spread after disputes resulting in the Pan Panthei Rebellion leading to further displacements. Jeez. So yeah. you're talking about the Han Chinese. Uh, a little side note on Chinese history. Uh, China had the longest lasting imperial dynasties. The Han dynasty lasted a super long time, and so did the, the Qing that we were talking about earlier. And uh, I think you were going to mention that the second strain that the second strain was spread uh, from Mongolia, and uh, the Mongolian dynasty was actually the Qin dynasty. So uh, they were the ones that had colonized China at the time. So I think that's a little interesting historical side note as we continue to talk about this. But exploded over 7 million people. That's crazy to think about. For that time, that's a, that's a whole lot of people. I think that still is today, but uh, back then that was even more. So so that's pretty interesting, I thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, these plagues like devastated the global population. I mean... That's why they're so that's why they're so famous and um, that's why we're talking about them today yeah. <laughs> yeah right more more today than uh, some other times it's more prevalent today than it could be in some other times um, yeah going on um, in the city of Canton March 1894 the disease killed 60,000 people Jeez. like rapidly spread to the city of Hong Kong and within two months, 100,000 died. Death rates dropped below epidemic rates in Hong Kong around 1929. Jeez. Hong Kong, yeah, Hong Kong had a huge population. Hong Kong's still one of those uh, major Chinese cities. So that's interesting. So death rates dropped below epidemic rates in Hong Kong around 1929. That means people were dying just as fast as they were getting it. Jeez. As people were contracting the disease. And this started in the, the late 1800s and went at least till 1929 in China. Uh, that's not to say any other parts of the world, because that's only when it dropped below the epidemic rates in 1929. And that was just for Hong Kong. That wasn't for the rest of the world. So this was a uh, this disease lasted uh, quite a bit a long time as well. Wow. After Hong Kong, the disease went to India, killing 10 million. Another 12.5 million died in the following 30 years. Almost all cases were bubonic, with small percentage of pneumonic plague. Uh, the disease was seen in port cities, beginning with Mumbai and later Pune, Kolkata, and Karachi, Pakistan. Good job, Overall, with, those, uh, huh? good job with those uh, East Asian pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty decent with my uh, pronunciation. Um, <laughs> Overall, the impact of plague epidemics were greatest in western and northern India, while eastern and southern India were not as badly affected. That doesn't surprise me. India's always had a huge population. Mm -hmm. And, and that dense uh, one as well. Yeah, for sure. They have uh, tons of uh, tons of cities that just like pile on top of each other almost. If you go there, the streets are so cluttered with people and, and stuff. Yeah, just like the architecture itself and the roadways, they're all so confined. Like houses are built into each other. Like yeah, pretty crazy. much. Some of those, uh, some of those early cities were uh, pretty interesting because they have alleyways that will uh, just end in nowhere now, because uh, mm -hmm. they were developing the system to uh, make the roadways and uh, develop the city more efficiently. So they, before they did that, they just had uh, alleyways that went to nowhere, pretty much. 
Yeah, it's a very interesting place to visit. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be traveling anytime soon, but after this thing blows over, maybe uh, maybe try traveling, you know? You know, you don't want to take life for granted, and these, there's a lot of interesting places around the world. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you said the disease was seen in port cities primarily. Uh, that doesn't surprise me either. We were talking about the trade earlier. Yeah. Uh, that that makes sense. That's where they're, uh, the, the plague is going to most highly develop around the, around the coastal areas. Um, uh, moving on, the colonial government tried to control the disease by quarantine, isolation camps, and travel restri- restrictions. Uh, that sound familiar, guys? Yeah, right. Actually, I was just about to say that. Uh, restrictions on the populations were established by special plague committees and the British military, which Indians found culturally intrusive, uh, repressive, and, tyra- and tyrannical. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, people are hating Trump now, too. <laughs> With, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the you, travel bans and stuff. I mean, it affected the con- economy greatly. I think, like, uh, Corona is doing as well. Like, jobs are going to be, like, postponed. Like, there's yeah. going to be a lot. Uh, the economy is going to take a huge hit for this as well. Um, in 1898 through 1899, it was apparent that the use of force was proving counterproductive, and after the plague spread to rural areas, enforcement would be impossible. British health officials began uh, pressing for vaccination and authorization and inclusion of practitioners of indigenous systems of medicine into plague prevention programs. A little uh, little side note again on history there. Uh, Britain still had a ton of uh, colonial control. In the, in the late 1800s, and uh, that wouldn't really end until uh, India became its own independent state with uh, the Gandhi movement. So, uh, what was it called? The civil disobedience was a tactic he used. And then, yeah, uh, yeah using force doesn't uh, doesn't make it any better as well. You gotta, you gotta, how do I put it? There's better ways to uh, take care of the plague. And take care of these problems, and to then to use your force and power. Power corrupts, as we've seen many times through history, and uh, that's why it ultimately wasn't really productive uh, in the rural areas, um, because they were so isolated, but also because uh, power corrupts, and that nobody wanted to uh, listen to a uh, British colonial control that they still had over in this time. Uh, yeah, and also um, mention uh, the mentioning of vaccination, so. This is after that the the technology of vaccines have been invented. So this is this is around the time where it's a fairly fairly new. So I assume that it would be very important to get that out there, and very difficult as well because of how new the technology was. Even this wording here, uh, the British health officials uh, authorized vaccinations with the inclusion of practitioners uh, from the indigenous system. So uh, this sounds uh, very similar to uh, what they did during the smallpox as well, because uh, the Indians are uh, sorry, the Native Americans used uh, their indigenous indigenous methods as well as the vaccinations and stuff brought by Europeans. So that I think that shares a very common theme with the smallpox in this sense. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'm sorry, well, where were we at? We are talking about uh, how uh, smallpox and uh, the third plague had uh, a similarity in that Native Americans or uh, indigenous used uh, their methods as well as uh, vaccinations brought by Europeans. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, my brother just came in and started messing with me. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on from that, um, 
Uh, repressive government actions to control the plague led Poon nationalists in June 22nd, 1897 to shoot and kill a civil services officer. Which he is, does. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> these times were very chaotic. Um, the action was seen as terrorism, and the government found Ball and Gadar uh, Talag guilty of incitement, charging him with 18 months of rigorous imprisonment. Jeez. Yeah, so the... How are they supposed to focus on the plague when there's like a civil war happening within their own? Yeah, uh, power corrupts again. This British imperial system did not make the situation any better. Yeah, um, the 1894 Hong Kong plague was an outbreak of the third plague in May 1894. Uh, the first case occurred in Hong Kong with the patient discovered by Doctor Yu Shun. That <laughs> uh, I I I don't know if I pronounced that correctly but I no it's okay you're doing good better than i would uh the typing mountain area in shang one uh when the most densely populated area in hong kong would become the hardest hit area of the pandemic i think that pandemic. makes sense yeah that definitely makes sense mm-hmm. the more population the more easy it's gonna spread i mean yeah of course i mean like we've been saying so dense it's just easy for it to hop around you just brush up against someone and there they have it um, controlling the epidemic became a top priority after the plague killed more than 2,000 and after one-third of the population fled. Uh, yeah. In 1926, the plague was killing 20,000 and through the, the maritime traffic spread to all parts of the country and eventually to all continents. Jesus. One-third yeah, so single... of the population fled. That's yeah, a whole lot of people. Uh, Jeez. And this was almost, this is the most densely populated area, so a lot of the people that fled already had it, which allowed it to get to all these other continents. So yeah, I'm sure that only made it worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, the design of the houses spread the disease because they had no drainage channels, toilets, running water, and lacked floor tiles. Um, in addition, the first four, the first four uh, months of 1894, rainfall decreased and the soil dried up, accelerating the spread of the plague. That part, actually, I found interesting. The design of houses made it worse. Yeah, That's I mean, it's not, it's not familiar of, like, um, during the industrial era. It's, oh, like, yeah. when the houses and, like, the, and, like the, the, food, the food systems were, like, so underdeveloped and just spread diseases so quickly. Yeah, we're talking about the Industrial Revolution. Actually, during that time, people would just show their, or uh, just throw their crap and garbage out the window and just, it'll, it would pile up on the streets. It was terrible. So yeah, I'm sure uh, China had a similar situation. That uh, obviously probably didn't help. Yeah. And uh, the disease finally ended after people began setting up plague hospitals, deploying medical staff, conducting house-to-house search operations. Discovering the transferring plague patients, cleaning and disinfecting infected areas, and setting up designated cemeteries, assigning people for transporting transporting and burying the plague dead. Jeez. So, yeah, you can see that the plague wasn't going to stop until they made a uh, major economic change. And I'm sure laws were also put in place about the, the housing systems as well in order to prevent this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure they finally developed the system because they knew that it wasn't going to go away otherwise. So that's pretty interesting. I would not, however, want to be the guy that was responsible for burying the the dead plague victims. That does not sound like a very interesting and fun job. 
I know it's crazy to think that that was an actual job, but they were so bad at the time that they just didn't know what to do with the bodies. So yeah, well, it makes sense. It makes sense. There were uh, there were stories in the Black Plague where uh, the bodies would just pile up and they'd build giant uh, mass burial pits. They called it uh, the Italian dead lasagna because they'd throw some bodies down, put oh. some dirt on, throw some bodies down, put some dirt on. And just That's keep doing disgusting. That. Yeah. Terrible. But let's hope we never see that again. Oh yeah. In our history. Hopefully that's not what uh, Corona ends up being, right? <laughs> I'm sure it won't. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, speaking of Corona, we're moving on to our next one. Not quite Corona, but very uh, similar to it. The Spanish flu. All right, and we'll talk about that now. All right, let's go. Um, now we're going to talk about the Spanish flu. And oh my goodness, this disease was crazy. 500 million people were infected at the time. And at this time, there's only 2 billion people in the world. So could you imagine that's a quarter of the global population? That's freaking crazy. I know. I just, it's crazy to think about. And this pandemic only lasted about two years. So in two years, a quarter million people were if, uh infected by this disease like people were dropping like flies death was the daily for these years Jeez, this disease must have had to spread really quickly then a freaking quarter of the global population that's uh that's not limited to one geographical area like we've seen some of these other pandemics and plagues are the whole global <laughs> population a quarter of it just wiped out that's crazy to think about i know like you're saying it must have spread quickly but uh it, it really did it was one of the most airborne uh, airborne spreading viruses of our history. Um, yeah, symptoms included sore head and tiredness, followed by a bad cough, which could spread the disease about six to eight feet, and loss of appetite and stomach issues. And it could affect your respiratory organs with the point to the point where they fail, causing death. Uh, not unlike complications to the coronavirus. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought uh, the coronavirus had some symptoms with. Uh some of your lungs being affected in that similar way. Yeah. Well, they're both, um, they're both a strand of the influenza disease, both coronavirus and the Spanish flu. Very similar, actually. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So. Yeah. But it is one of the most, most infectious pandemics of history. Um, the most, uh, dare I say, um, the origin yeah, of the disease was failed to be calculated geographically, but funny enough, it was thought to have both originated and hit Spain the hardest, when in reality, the main three countries infected by this disease were China, the UK, and the US. This misconception probably came from the freedom of the press in Spain to freely report their cases found while the main countries would hide their reported cases due to resulting uh, panic that they were trying to avoid. Uh, making the public believe the illness was specific to Spain and that they had nothing to worry about. Jeez, almost like media fraud there. That's interesting. Yeah, so uh, I mean, the not-so-Spanish flu is what we should really call it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the reason they were trying to like uh, hide these cases, interestingly enough, was due to the war. The war they're uh, fighting at this time because... Which one was that? Uh, the, world War One. Yeah, okay, I was going to say it was in 1918, so it had to be World War One. Yeah, World War One. so... Uh, 
and that's actually how it also spread so quickly because they weren't enforcing any uh, isolation laws and it just spread, uh, spread on the battlefront as well so easily in the confined areas between the soldiers and just and they're fighting across continents it just spreads so quickly and so easily oh well, yeah i was gonna say theoretically a lot of these soldiers could easily spread it too yeah i mean it's surprising that i haven't heard about this uh flume like uh, more than you hear about World War One, because this affected so many more people. Yeah, some of those forgotten stories of history that played a really important part. Yeah, history's um, mysteries. There you go. That's why we talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, like I was saying, the disease was theorized to develop on the battlefield of World War One due to the highly co- close quarters and cramped living space uh, and trenches, allowing the virus to thrive. Oh, so it it developed in the trenches. That doesn't surprise me either. Yeah, those uh, those trenches alone during World War One were super unsanitary. Those the terrible conditions that those soldiers lived in, literally those pits would just fill up with water and filth. And uh, the soldiers didn't want to go over the barracks to go take a piss, so you know where they did it. It was right there in the trench. Oh no, yeah, I mean, yeah, multiple diseases developed from the trench from the trenches, like alone. Uh, yeah, the most the most most uh, famous probably being trench foot, I believe. Oh yeah. 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 Um, So that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, the trenches in World War One were unsanitary in themselves. Let alone the Spanish flu coming to impact that as well. Can you imagine being a soldier during World War One? That had to be terrible. I know, awful. You're fighting so many diseases more than you're fighting the enemy. Yeah. Some of that Um, stuff played a huge part in uh, campaigns throughout history. Some of those campaigns throughout history couldn't happen due to a Due to uh, weather and other circumstances, but disease too. Disease took a major impact on uh, some of the stuff that empires could have done, some of the conquests, some of the some of the rulers who could have came to power. Uh, yeah, definitely. George Washington alone died uh, by being bloodletted through his doctors. So, uh, speaking of doctors, um, the doctors, uh, the doctors were uh, advising the general public to isolate themselves and. Uh, because they had no cure for this uh, pandemic, there's no vaccination that was available for uh, to try and uh, combat the disease. So they just advised to isolate themselves and uh, reduce contact, not yeah. unlike the coronavirus as Starting well. Starting to sound very familiar there. <laughs> yeah, they were advised to quarantine and uh, lockdown. A lot of states went into lockdown. That makes sense. Uh, I'm sure a lot yeah. of uh, well, a lot of countries did this lockdown system as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that this is actually um, how the modern system of, of lockdown and shutting down businesses actually occurred from uh, the, the Spanish flu. Yeah, they did it in a sense before this, but uh, I'm sure during the Spanish flu, they had a more organized system to actually do it. Yeah, a more, a more modern, more organized system where the government actually played a role in uh, locking it down as well. It's pretty interesting. Um, overall, an estimated 50 million deaths. Um, but that was supposedly lowballing it. Some experts say the real number was even higher and could possibly have been all the way up to a hundred million deaths. Jeez. So, so out of two billion people, let's do some quick maths here. So two billion, a hundred, a hundred million deaths. We'd say that's about five percent of the entire population. And where was this? Where was this? Yeah. The real number could be up to 100 billion deaths? Yeah, the real number could be up to 100 million deaths. So that's 5% of the entire population wiped out by this plague. 
50 million to 100 million. Jesus, that's a huge range right there. <laughs> I know, because it was so severe, it was so hard to get real numbers. Like, so many people were dying so quickly. It's just and crazy to think about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And then, especially today, uh, they're trying to find statistics and uh, trying to figure out how many cases and stuff are spreading through the world. But it's so hard to, like you said, because so many people are... Uh, so, so many people are getting it, and the sources are unreliable because they just it keeps growing. So I'm sure it was the same during that as well. Yeah, exactly. And the impact of the Spanish flu was so severe that in 1918, overall life expectancy was reduced by 12 years. Oh my God! So, you, you know what? On the, average, you were not you were living 12 years of a shorter life. Do you know uh, how old people lived during that time? Well, I assume that life expectancy around that time was probably like 60, 70 years. So on average, minus 12 years from that, that'd be about like you're living to 50 if you're lucky. Yeah, you get to the hill and once you get to the hill, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Bodies piled so high that people were forced to bury their own relatives. And this was a government order. They were forced to bury their own relatives due to the lack of cemetery space. Oh, geez. Uh, That doesn't sound uh, very too... uh... It sounds very similar to uh, the Black Plague. The Black Plague did the same thing. There was a family, uh, there was a story during the Black Plague where a man had to bury all three of his kids and his wife in a in a grave. And it was just a, a terrible thing. Yeah, did he end up surviving the plague? Uh, I don't know, probably not. Most people did. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't Jeez. believe so. Can't even imagine. But yeah. Burying your own family, that's terrible. I can't even think about doing that. Yeah. Um, this remains one of the deadliest pandemics in all of history by a long shot, killing a significant percentage of the global population. Jeez. Yeah. One to three percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it could have even been up to five percent, like we were saying. Yeah. Insane amount of people. You mentioned a quarter of the global population at the beginning. Yeah, a quarter of the global population was infected, which means one in four people of the entire world would get this virus. Jeez. So, yeah. Those statistics, are, uh, those statistics are really interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, the statistics themselves, such a wide range, it's like, how can you know for sure? Because so many people were affected, so many people were dying, and so much like conspiracy was going on. Like The government didn't want to reveal any real statistics oh yeah i'm sure uh many people throughout history during these pandemics had have come up with conspiracy theories there's a conspiracy theory with the the coronavirus and we'll talk about that later so uh with uh with mass hysteria people start uh start losing their minds and coming up with these crazy theories it only makes it worse especially during this time 1918 to the 1920 with world war one imagine how many people died if they didn't die from the spanish flu uh, they could have easily died from World War One or other terrible things going on during this time. And then right after this time period was uh, the Great Depression. So uh, oh, yeah. out of all the time periods that uh, I would want to live in, this is not one of them. No, of course not. There's this one horrible event after another. It's a huge, I mean, I, it, it was necessary, of course, because so much, um, so much, uh, a revolution. It was a revolution. So much to change and so much to change for the better, but it's definitely not a great time to be alive. Yeah. Unfortunately, it takes a it takes a tragedy for some change to happen sometimes. Yeah, but after talking about it, I can understand why uh, why I, ha- I haven't really heard about the Spanish flu. It's because, like, there's so much uh, 
cover up and, and so little actual uh, statistics behind it. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we have a ton of statistics on the Black Plague, but not so much on the Spanish flu. Yeah, that's weird. Um, the Black yeah, Plague happened uh, centuries before the freaking Spanish flu, too, and we have more statistics on that. I know, it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of flu, let's get into uh, the influenza known as COVID-19. Yep, Once the one that. that you guys are all stuck inside dealing with today. This should be a, should be an interesting subject here. So, all right. I think uh, let's just dive right into it. All right, let's go. Let's talk about coronavirus, guys. It should be interesting. All right. Ian, take yeah, it away. Uh, jumping right back into it. Uh, coronavirus, uh, the crisis we face today, um, otherwise known as COVID-19, it's one of the fastest spreading diseases in our history because of its significantly high level of contagion. It can spread by almost any means of contact with another human. So that's why we're forced to be so isolated because any contact with another human, it can spread. And by, it's uh, very... By Scary. touching on the screen while you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll, it'll, it can transfer through technology. Be afraid of phones and uh, everything. <laughs> everything you see is danger to you. Yep. Jeez. <laughs> any contact. Any contact. Jeez. It can spread by the internet. Limit Don't. all social media. All, <laughs> 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 all contact with the outside world. You have to live in a box. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> put that put the tin foil uh conspiracy theory hat on. So that so the government can't we got pick a fun, up on you. We got a fun conspiracy theory for you guys today. Yeah. Some of the some of the stuff around this is, is just crazy. It's uh I, I'll agree that it's a it's a terrible thing that's going on, but it's not as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be as well. Uh, it's a it's a bad flu. Uh, it's resulted in a, a lots lots of terrible deaths. But you know, compared to uh, all of history and uh, what could have hit us and what might have hit us in the distant future, this really isn't as bad as uh, a lot of people are making it out to be. Yeah, I mean, it is it is uh, a topic to be taken seriously, but it's also oh, nothing yeah. to panic over because most people will survive and fight it off. Yeah, it's it's still something to be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely wash your hands, uh, stay indoors as much as possible. But it is—it's definitely not nothing that you should dedicate your life to avoiding. Podcast over uh, podcast over FaceTime, even if it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, try try and uh, keep doing the things you do daily, but uh, just try and limit your contact with other people. Um, like I was saying. Uh, Unfortunately, due to how fast it traveled, it, is, it has been failed to be recognized as a major issue until it has already been considered a pandemic. That's true. Um, yeah. Un- unfortunately, we failed to recognize this disease because of because of like small issues. Like maybe it wasn't as vivid of a disease. Like you know how Ebola, we caught it immediately right away because of like the horrible blisters that would form on people's skin. Like it would scare people. Like it was uh, definitely in treat uh, in folk panic, which was why we were able to quarantine it so quickly. But this disease it traveled like in secrecy and it traveled so quickly and just. Everyone had it, and by the time we recognized it and started locking down, it was already spread to every major continent in the world. Yeah, even some of the some of the facts and t- statistics uh, that I've heard about it, uh, it's interesting because it's like a it's like a worse version of a, a flu or cold, 
And so uh, I'm, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, doctors early on had confused her for that as well. Yeah, I mean, diagnosis, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But, yeah, diagnosis was very difficult to, uh, to, dis- to discover because everyone thought it was just a regular flu or cold virus. Um, the pandemic itself means that it spread itself globally and shows to be a threat to the whole world. This aspect really puts it ahead of all the other major diseases in our time. Many other uh, more brutal diseases have spread, but we've always managed to catch on early. Like I was saying, like Ebola or other diseases like such like that. Yeah. Um, Whatever happened to that? Nobody talks about Ebola anymore. <laughs> well, actually, actually, uh, Ebola has been uh, successfully like I think it's ended. I think has it. Um, I, I'm not no, not entirely, but I'm sure that we've uh, we've quarantined and we've dealt with it properly. It's not spreading anymore. Because I was gonna say that used to be a huge thing, and I haven't heard much about it either. I mean, yeah, we did a good job at uh, catching that onto that early. We uh, quarantined it, and it stayed there in Africa. And uh, only a few cases made it to uh, America, but we were able to, to quarantine them and able to treat them. Spanish flu part two, question mark? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this very well may be a strand of uh, the Spanish flu. Like, uh, you said it was like spread by uh, influenza, so they're in the same family. Yeah, it's in the same family as the Spanish flu, as the influenza virus. So. But yeah, like we were saying, the COVID-19 symptoms share many qualities that are the flu or pneumonia, which can bring difficulties towards diagnosis in the medical field. So catching it early on was not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I bet. Um, This virus may have you in lockdown or quarantine, meaning that you should limit most, if not all, contact with other humans in order to stop the spread of disease. Okay. Um, yeah, like everywhere around the world is quarantining. China is quarantining entire cities of millions of people and just travel is being limited. Like uh, you can't fly certain places. They're cutting off their uh, connection to the outside world. Like that's what many islands are doing as well. So if you're hoping to get to a vacation destination, I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, but... sucks for you, Ian. Sorry. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> no family Aruba trip this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was. I've uh, actually. Was... Uh, sorry, you can talk. Yeah, this week I was actually planning on being in Aruba, but um, Aruba had shut down its borders because um, because there was a case inside it with a European man and one native, so they didn't want it to spread because it's such a small island, and it just it destroyed the whole, devastated the whole island if any more people were to travel with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've actually watched uh, some YouTubers who uh, who have been stranded in places because they do a lot of traveling, and uh, they're. They're stranded in uh, other countries, so yeah, a lot of displaced people. Just, a lot of displaced people because of the shutdown of travel, and it's just insane to think about. Like, what if you got trapped somewhere after you uh, vacation destination? Hey, if it was like Hawaii or Florida or Aruba, I I wouldn't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about more about those island countries in a little bit. It's a uh, terrible, terrible to think about. But you know, if I got stranded in Hawaii, oh no, what a what a terrible tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm stuck in this paradise. What Jeez. an unfortunate thing to happen. Only if. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also, uh, coronavirus can show no symptoms in some people, which basically makes these people a carrier and just a danger to everyone. Oh, they, yeah, they yeah, I heard about with. that. I heard yeah, about that. It can uh, it can spread to people who uh, who you think don't even have it, and then they can spread it to another person who might show symptoms, too. That's that's yeah. crazy. So, you know, I might not look like I have it, Ian, but once, uh, once I push you off a building... Oh, my God. <laughs> 
you might have it then. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if it matters to them. If you survive, uh, if you survive falling off the building, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, this is the fastest and most efficient way the virus can spread. Meaning, you could have it and it'll spread around uh, right now. You could have it and it can spread it around right now, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, which is very scary to think about. Like people you know come in contact with every day, you just be like, oh, yeah, you don't have it. You don't have any symptoms, and then. Yeah. Boom, now you have it, and now you have the disease in full, and you get all the symptoms, and it's just it's crazy to think about. Stay away Especially from everybody. Could, yeah. Stay away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, distance yourself as much as possible. Especially considering how little tests the government provides us to diagnose the, the disease. Um, yeah. I read an interesting article the other day. It said uh, the North Korea, no, South Korea, um, was uh, was providing t- ten thousand tests like a day. Uh, to diagnose the disease and uh, try and limit the spread, but was that South Korea you said? What South Korea you said? Yeah, one. I think I believe South Korea. I I think I read that article actually. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, and the U.S. hasn't even provided ten thousand tests worldwide, at least according to the article that I read uh, recently. So yeah, like we uh, uh, we have a very little test going around, and I believe that is that is due to a lot of politic uh, miscommunication and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, not necessarily my field. But um, I just watched uh, I just watched uh, a news thing this morning actually, and it was talking about that uh, that South Korean article and the stuff that South Korea has been doing, and then it also uh, it was talking about Trump and a. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, he actually wants to reopen the economy as it's uh, as it's getting worse in America, so uh, businesses don't uh, so businesses don't suffer. Uh, well, yeah, that's my dad, not a good uh, idea. My my dad has had no customers, and uh, he is uh, he's been losing profits. But that does not mean we should reopen to uh, make this disease ten times worse. So I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to do what's wrong in order to do what's right. Yeah, I mean, exactly that. I mean, a lot of people are going to suffer from this disease. Like we're saying, the economy is going to suffer greatly. I believe the stock market like dropped a percentage in the, the first couple of days it was uh, discovered. But Oh, yeah. Almost oh, everybody I know, uh, their businesses and uh, the places they work at, they're, they're suffering terribly. Uh, I... I can barely get any hours in where I work, even though it's a even though it's a factory and we're inside most of the time. So even there, it's affecting me as well as at my work. Yeah, it's affecting a lot of people, and it's it's a scary thing about. But in order to 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 get through this, we need to catch on and cl- and shut down as early as possible, so it doesn't last as long as it. The necessary it evil of the necessary evil of the situation. Oh yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to make compensations for the economy after this is all cleared up. But right now, it's not looking too good for our economy. Oh yeah. Um, uh, now to get into the history wait, of this topic. I have a, I have an interesting, uh, interesting theory that I just thought about. We were talking about uh, the Spanish flu. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that that ravaged the economy as well. But what happened right after the Spanish flu? This was uh, 1918 to 1920. So uh, think about the think about the 1930s. What was going on? The Great Depression. Yeah, the Great Depression, like you were saying earlier. Think yeah, about so what's, that. Your, what, what's your theory? So uh, uh, that that plague, I'm sure, ravaged the economy as well. Because you said the, that yeah, was one of the yeah, first yeah. times that they started using uh, uh, quarantine methods and uh, self-containment methods where everybody was staying inside. 
And that's what we're doing right now, too. And I actually, uh, about that news thing I was watching earlier, they were also mentioning that we might have another uh, another Depression. economic crash that's as worth, that's worse. Sorry, I can't talk. That's as worse as the 1929 economic depression. That's what they called it. They didn't call it the Great Depression. They didn't want to scare anybody. They called it the 1929 depression, but that's what the Great Depression was. Wow, that's that's a very interesting theory, and I, that is that is very, uh, backed up in a lot of evidence as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean, this virus is going to do a, a big damage to our. Uh, economy. Could you imagine that? Jeez. <laughs> History repeats itself. <laughs> yeah, history that's a terrible itself. reality. That's why we need to educate our population on the on history, so we don't re- keep redoing this stuff. But yeah, hopefully our our government will be able to make compensations. But um, right now, we've been told that it's only going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Oh yeah, I've heard uh, even uh, some of the schools will be closed for a while too. Yeah, we might not see our senior year, to be honest. Hey, I hope it turns into an Aussie song. Uh, school's out forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> All right, no, sorry, not uh, not Ozzy Osbourne. Alice Cooper. He's the one that made that song. Fact oh. There you go. If you want to go rip me on Facebook for uh, saying that's the wrong person that made that song, go ahead. <laughs> I corrected myself. I said Alice Cooper. I still know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All your credibility is just lost. Everything we're saying is a lie. A lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is going to do a huge, uh, a huge uh, devastation to our economy. Um, now getting into the history of this topic. Uh, coronavirus developed in the dense population of China. And the first cases can even be tracked, be backtracked towards the late November of 2019. So this this uh, this uh, virus actually uh, cases were discovered in the late November of 2019, and uh, it was theorized to have started in a meat market in Wuhan, famous for selling mm-hmm. its meats raw, famous for selling and eating its meat raw. Jeez. So, yeah. so it it is it is um, still being. Uh, it's not uh, set in stone, but this is where uh, the general first few cases were to be, were discovered in a meat market, famous for selling and eating its meat raw, which is very interesting uh, cultural decision. But as you can imagine, the consequences would be that a lot of diseases would develop and spread here. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, stop covering your speaker. <laughs> Alright, here's my audio bad sorry it keeps coming in and out I, it's like a it's like as you move your hand too so i think you're covering the speaker or something yeah sorry my bad um but Make yeah sure you can hear the, the first two cases were backtracked towards late november and it was uh theorized like i was saying to started in a meat market in wuhan famous for selling and eating some meat raw i this watched uh, sorry interrupt you no you, you go ahead you go ahead i watched uh i watched a youtuber actually and he was uh he was traveling in china and thailand and uh you might know who i'm talking about uh, uh, he was, uh, he actually showed some pictures on his, uh, on his Snapchat. Cause I, I follow him on, follow him on Snapchat. He showed some pictures of these meat markets and man, they're disgusting. Just a uh, severed heads of pigs and all these just body parts of animals lying around. And I'm like, I don't even want to, I want a hamburger or bacon anymore after looking at that. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, the cult- cultural difference in China is crazy. Like, there's a lot of variety going around, but eating its meat raw is it's pro- it has been proven throughout history to be very bad malpractice. Yeah, just very and the people who uh, people who have had their breakfast smoothies while eating the raw egg. Uh, that's I don't think that's very healthy for you. There's a reason we cook them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Wasn't it, well, what's the disease that you could get from eating raw eggs, like melanoma or something? I I know what you're talking about. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think about it. I can't think right now. I'm having a brain fart. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking. But, about. Yeah, that uh, that YouTuber I was talking about, uh, Ali Walk. Yeah, he put that on his Snapchat. Is he stuck in China? No, I think he made it back to a. Uh, back to India, but he was there at the beginning when it was starting to get bad and before they put the travel restrictions on so he just made it out of there oh lucky lucky. um but yeah this this has been a practice there for centuries eating and uh consuming the meat raw and this isn't the first disease to have come from it but it is the most famous um, this disease wasn't previously harmful to humans, as it was a disease that terrorized the bat and pangolin population in China. Really? Um, but the transfer, yes, yeah, it was. It just spread throughout the. Uh, the case of this disease was mainly terrorized the bat population, but uh, it was believed to also terrorize the pangolin. Pangolins, which are like a a penguin species. Penguins um, and bats. Like a bird, like a bird, uh, bird species. So they have uh, they have penguins in China. Actually, I'm not sure it's a penguin. I think it's, like, <laughs> I might. It's a bird. I know for sure it's a bird, and it has like a, at the zoo or something. Like a white underbelly. Yeah, look up, look it up, penguin. I'm not. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it is either a bird species or a family of the of penguins. Um, but this disease is thought to have come from the consumption of unprocessed bat or pangolin meat, allowing the disease to infect its first human victim. Why does that even sound appetizing? Who wants to eat bat? That doesn't even sound appetizing to me. I know. I just have no idea where those things look scary. Why would you want to eat it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, these. I don't know what uh, specific species of bat it was, but just any bat in particular. Why would you want to eat that? And let alone raw. Like, oh God! Just... What are we having for uh, for dinner tonight, Mom? Raw bat. Raw <laughs> bat. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but <laughs> patient zero for his disease quickly met his unfortunate end within the year, but not before he could spread it to thousands more humans. Um, the disease was reported early on, but prevention action did not start until hundreds of cases were reported. Um, interestingly enough, um, the cases, yeah, the virus was uh, supposedly <laughs> the virus was supposedly uh, caught early on, but um, it wasn't reported to the government. So doctors had had. had caught this disease but they didn't realize that it was a, a, a large issue so they didn't report it so that's a big mistake by the by the medical uh by the medical uh yeah i think it's a mistake yeah. by them but uh we were talking about the symptoms and the the it's like a bad cold so uh i don't blame them either because i'm sure that was hard to just distinguish from as well yeah, I was hard to distinguish, but they so definitely think, yeah. they, they knew they knew for right. a fact that it was different, and they uh, they admitted it on the article that they knew that it wasn't anything like they've seen before, like influenza. Oh, they admitted that they knew it. Yeah, they admitted that they uh, they had discovered evidence of a different disease early early on, which is surprising to me. But but yeah, they but they didn't report it, which was the main issue. Oh, okay, well, fuck those doctors. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, there's a lot of mis- there's a lot of miscommunication, especially within China, which allowed uh, yeah a lot of misconception, miscommunication within China, which allowed the disease to spread, which is very unfortunate. Um, once the disease was finally uh, recognized, panic erupted in China, and there was a rush for and demand for hospitals. So much so, so that hospitals needed to be built and developed overnight in order to address the issue. Oh yeah, I heard that uh, patients and people just lining up at the hospitals. I've heard those stories. Yeah, geez, that's the that's a terrible part too. I can't even imagine. Yeah. This is not the time to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> like if you get coronavirus, I get it. But if you get anything else, then uh, no, good luck getting into a hospital. Uh, um, I believe they are designating hospitals to uh, coronavirus and designating hospitals to things other than coronavirus because they don't want people without coronavirus that need to be treated to get the disease. That makes sense. <laughs> So they're doing isolated hospitals for both corona and other diseases as well, which is good. But I haven't seen one anywhere anywhere near me, so we've yet to see that. I believe the military is helping uh, set up these hospitals as well, which is good. That's good on their part, at least, that they're separating them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I could break my leg and then still be able to go to a hospital, just not one with corona patients. <laughs> yeah, you'll still be able to get treated. And and you won't have to be so worried about getting corona. Well, actually, I think that's probably even in debate, though, because of how many people are getting it. Uh, they can't build hospitals as fast as people can get the coronavirus. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, I believe that it is said to uh, develop symptoms within a week of contracting the disease. So you won't have symptoms or you won't have any severe symptoms until a week after you've already contracted the disease. And within that week, you are contagious and you are spreading the disease around. So it just makes it that much worse. So it may not be uh, may not be history now, but it definitely will be in the future. We'll look back on this in the future and it, it'll definitely be up there with all the ones that we've talked about through this series. I mean, definitely like um, the older generation, this is, this is the only pandemic they've seen too. I mean, Anyone, anyone alive within uh, within this century hasn't seen a pandemic like this. Jeez, it seems like there almost is one every century too. It's weird if you yeah. look at it like in a historical sense. Like almost every century has a uh, has some kind of pandemic. This one with uh, coronavirus today, nineteen uh, hundreds, we had the the Spanish flu. The the eighteen hundreds, we had uh, the. The third plague, and then uh, and before that we had the smallpox, and then the black plague, and the Justinian's plague. So it's weird. It's like you have one almost every century. I know, and that's where the I believe that's where a lot of conspiracy theories um, originate is because of the oh yeah, the, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah the the calendar of time and just how it's all so. It's all done it's, on it's purpose. It's a weird coincidence. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. So so weird coincidence that all this happened within a century of each other. I mean centuries from each other the government's trying to take us down it's all done on purpose (laughs) (laughs) but even the most isolated island countries like hawaii aruba and the philippines have proof of the disease mainly due to the popularity of travel and vacation destinations yeah i was gonna say otherwise those islands wouldn't be uh easy to get to but yeah since they're popular tourist travel destinations that's probably the main reason why they're able to get over there yeah i mean they they're completely surrounded and isolated from the rest of the world, but that's not does not save them because they're so because popular. Of the, 
popular travel. Yeah, because of the popular travel destination. But a lot of these islands have shut down their borders, so you're not going to be getting in there anytime soon. Well, at least you have that. I'd hate to be stuck on an island, though, and even if it was beautiful. I was joking about being stuck on Hawaii earlier. What happens when you run out of food, though, and stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. they You're stuck they, on an they, island. Uh, are forced to rely on their own resources, which is not good. I believe that maybe the military will play a role in aiding these island countries. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I know the, I know the National Guard in Illinois already has started doing stuff to, to help the people in Illinois. So I'm sure they have uh, other programs like that in other parts of the world as well. Yeah, I believe I believe the military is playing a huge role in uh, helping the, the general public, which is a very good thing. But um, other than that, you're not going to be, you're not going to see a lot of uh, outside influence on these island countries. They're going to be mainly relying on their own resources, which is scary. Yeah. When, when most of the entirety of their economy comes from travel and and uh, tourism, which is, so their economies are taking a huge hit as well. Oh, yeah. You ever think about that as well? Um, imagine being, uh, my, my speaker just picked up on me. I hate that. <laughs> uh, imagine be being, uh, what now? <laughs> You're going to be hearing yourself double. Yeah, sorry, guys. Technology. We're doing our best with what we have. Shoot, where was I? Where was I? Oh, we were just talking about the uh, economy of uh, island countries. Yeah, imagine being a imagine being one of those displaced people in those islands too. The situation just oh, ten yeah. times worse. Just made the situation ten times worse because uh, the island and the people and the natives itself are trying to trying to stay safe and trying to keep supplies and stuff, and you're displaced in that isolated place. And you can't just keep paying for a hotel because that's so expensive. Yeah, jeez. And a lot of these hotels are also going to be closing down because they're non-essential businesses. Actually, yeah. actually, I don't know if housing, if they count as housing. I'm not sure what they would do. I hope they do something for displaced people. I haven't read yeah. anything about that, though. Yeah. Have you read actually, anything I'm, about I'm that? Sure, I'm sure they do. Have you read anything about that? Uh, I've not read anything about the displaced people, but uh, I've, I've, I've heard a lot about... Um, businesses coming in to help people who are to, who are suffering from this disease i'm kind of interested in with interested with what they do in that aspect now too yeah because that's uh that's something definitely to take into consideration because uh especially with our uh very connected world now with all the new travel methods that we've developed over the years uh Airplanes primarily and uh, boats and ships and stuff. People are traveling all the time, so I'm sure there's a a ton of displaced people, and they can't just uh, they can't just leave them alone, right? They got to do something. And now I'm kind of I'm kind of curious what they actually do. Yeah, I hear stories from like people I know that are saying that their relatives are stuck in uh, Europe and places like that, which is crazy to think about. Oh yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure they get a lot of us. Distance. I mean, I'd hope so at least. But as of March 13th, there are reportedly 148,000 cases worldwide and 81,000 in China alone. And since then, the number has only increased drastically. And that was March 13th. Today is March 23rd or 22nd. It is the. What is it? Oh my God. This uh, self isolation is uh, making me lose stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, March, it's hard to keep March, March 24th. March 24th. Oh, I was off by a day. Yeah, it's hard to keep track when you're so isolated. I mean, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. 
So it's been it's a it's, it's a Friday, right? Eleven days. <laughs> yeah. It's so Friday. It's been eleven right? days since then, huh? It's Sorry. Friday, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every day is Friday. Yeah, if you make it. Yeah, but um, yeah. That, so it's been eleven days since then, and um, it's only been like a a couple. It's only been a few months. So eleven days, a couple thousand more people are infected with this disease. It's affecting thousands more by every day. So, crazy to think about. Yeah, and, you said that was March 13th. Yeah. Only, I don't know for sure, but I still believe that there are a few countries who do not have contact with this disease. Like um, the more, the smaller and more isolated ones with with very little travel um, to and from them. So. All right. Well, we're there gonna. Are places. We're gonna have to but wrap this up. As of major countries, they are all infected. Jeez. We're gonna have to wrap this up. I keep losing losing connection with you, so we're gonna have to wrap this one up. It keeps uh it keeps making weird uh weird sounds, and I think uh they're gonna hear that on the podcast. Oh my bad. Um, no, do you want to talk about the Because there's so many freaking people on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about the conspiracy theory behind this subject or now? Oh yeah. Let's let's talk about that and then let's wrap it up. Um. All right. I'm sure uh, some of you guys have heard this. I was actually talking about it with my dad the other day. Uh, there's a huge conspiracy theorist. Uh, sorry, theorist is a person. Oh, my God. Huge conspiracy theory uh, going around about this coronavirus. And I was talking about it with my dad the other day. And it is, uh, it's that they think uh, China actually developed this uh, in a form of biological warfare to, uh, to attack the world or something and to do all this crazy stuff. So, uh, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, me too as well. But, I mean, why would they hurt their own people? Like, China is one of the biggest hit countries that is affecting. Definitely the biggest hit because I believe 81,000 uh, cases in China alone, that's over half of the global infected population. So, why would they do that to themselves? Yeah. So, that's interesting to think about too. I think there's always been a been a conspiracy theorist with all these pandemics through history but you know what it is what it is and uh as we continue to progress this will become an important event in history so uh all these pandemics we talked about it, it'll be up there with those so all right that's uh that's the coronavirus i'm gonna wrap this up yeah. now. thank you everyone for uh tuning in yeah i hope you enjoyed uh listening and talking about this subject all right All right, guys, we'll wrap this up, and then next week we'll have another episode on a historical subject. I think our next topic topic is actually going to be off a Facebook comment we got, and uh, it should be a really interesting topic as well. We're going to talk about the Confederate treasure, and if you guys don't know what that is, you'll have to wait till the next episode to figure out. Uh, It's going to be a really interesting subject, though. If you're interested in American history, there's tons of really interesting conspiracy and uh. Tons of really interesting facts will go along with this topic. I think you'll I, I think you'll really enjoy it actually. It'll it'll really surprise you some of these theories. There's uh theories with uh, the Lincoln assassination, and there's uh theories with uh outlaws like Jesse James and uh, people like John Wilkes Booth and uh even a freaking uh, theory in uh, Lake Michigan that maybe there was a box car full of Confederate gold that sank in Lake Michigan. Yeah, a lot of these uh, theories and topics really surprised me when I was hearing about them at uh, first, but 
it's very interesting. It really changes your perspective of uh, history and what you previously learned. But again, these are theories, but it's very interesting to talk about them. Oh, yeah. I think you guys will enjoy that episode. So, as usual, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, Anchor, our podcasting service. That has been a miracle in making these episodes. Uh, we we really couldn't have done it without Anchor, and uh, it's been okay besides a few technical problems here and there. So, uh, I have no complaints in that aspect. And then, uh, more importantly, I'd like to give a, give a shout-out to you guys. I, uh, I mentioned some names last episode, but uh, if you guys didn't hear that one, I'll just repeat some of those names. Uh Keep subscribing. We got uh we got forty people so far, and it's starting to level out. Let's not have it level out. Let's uh let's keep growing. If you guys uh keep growing, and if we get to hundred people, I'll uh I'll do something interesting for our uh for our episode around that time when we get those hundred people. That be a I think that's a good mark for us to start reaching for. If we can get that many people, uh do uh do some better quality, and uh I might just surprise you in uh, one of the episodes of uh. Once we get there, <laughs> I just uh, I just told Ian of uh, of the air what I might do for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's funny. All right, and then uh, I'll just mention the comment again that we got uh, concerning the Confederate treasure episode. This is why we uh, why we're going to do that next. Uh, it was uh, from uh, Cindy Dean. And she left a comment in a review, and uh, she wrote that you don't need to be a history buff. These are very interesting and engaging topics for all to enjoy. That was a review that she left on our Facebook page. Please, guys, if you can, go write us a review. Go rate us if you if you enjoy the podcast. And if you do that, it makes it all the better for us, and it, it gets other people interested in the historical topics that we talk about. Those reviews are are so are so powerful for us, and uh, they're very useful to. Uh, continuing this podcast and uh doing everything that we're that we're able to do uh research wise and uh podcast wise and all that stuff so go write a review uh yeah your support means the world thank you all for uh for supporting us and subscribing and ian just subscribed not that long ago i'm a little mad about that that you weren't one of the first people (laughs) i had to download the app because i didn't have facebook so yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) now you gotta go write a review even though you're a, even though you're a host. <laughs> yeah, I'll write a review. You guys comment on my review. All right, and then uh, about the Confederate Treasure sh- episode, uh, she asked us if we would consider doing doing an episode on uh, Confederate gold, and uh, yes, that's what we're gonna do next time. So hopefully, you guys tune in for that. Uh, it should be an interesting subject, and I think you guys might all really find that interesting. All right. Uh, This is a this is an old thing, but um, with uh, the Facebook Live that we did for uh, part two of uh, Conquistadors and Spanish Treasure, uh, that has reached over a hundred and fifty views now. It's at like a hundred and seventy or something. I haven't checked since then, but uh, I think that's a really uh, really great way for you guys. So uh, if you want more Facebook Live episodes, you want us to do more Facebook Lives and less of the actual uh, audio podcast stuff. Well, we'll start doing a few of those too. I uh, I enjoy doing that. I had no problems uh, having the camera on my face too. Uh, but yeah, uh, let us know what you guys want, and we'll probably we'll take it into uh, consideration. I think uh, we should probably do another Facebook Live because uh, you guys enjoy that so much. So uh, maybe uh, down the road uh, with the uh, the Confederate treasure episode or uh, episodes after that, 
soon after that. We'll uh, we'll do another Facebook live, and that should be uh, that should be interesting. I think uh, that went over really well. So uh, thank you guys for all your support again, and uh, all that being said, you got anything before we close, Ian? Nothing in particular. Thank you guys for uh, showing up. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. All right. I'm Jacob. This is the end. All right. Have a nice week, guys. Carpet Dime.